As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Music, the podcast with special guests here with us today. Hannah Verdier. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Tell everybody what you do for a living. I write about podcasts, pop and TV. And you were uh, a, you're a legacy Smash Hits contributor, yes? Oh, yes, I was deputy editor of Smash Hits, what I wanted to do from when I was a child. And um, yeah, time of my life. Much more than contributor. <laughs> and Lee Thompson. Hi, Lee. Hello, how are you doing? So tell me a bit about your love of pop, because I think last time you were on uh, our now podcast, I said you were encyclopedic. Yes, I was. I was in Amsterdam as well. If you remember, I was. Uh, I was visiting some friends there, and uh, yeah, my my love and uh, sort of passion for now goes right back to the very first album, basically in 1983. So uh, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to kind of digest in amongst all of those tracks and things. And uh, obviously, now that 101's out too, it's, uh, it's still going strong. We're talking at the end of a momentous year for now, uh, Hannah. We. I'm not sure we ever thought we'd get to Now 100, but we did, and it was a massive success. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, and it wasn't called Any Number, the first one. I'm a late adopter, I only got got in on the second one. But um, the way it's carried on, I think it's absolutely amazing. What do you think it is that that has kept it in the public consciousness, apart from, you know, really good marketing? Oh, I think it's a time capsule of that time. I was just flicking through the old CDs and seeing the tracks and thinking, I know exactly what I was doing by looking at the Now album. So Now 2 was your first album? It was, yes. What were you doing? I was listening to Five Star in my bedroom and drawing a lot because I was a <laughs> young teenager. Yeah. Did it form the soundtrack of your life or were you a collector of Now albums? Yes, it absolutely did. I mean, I can actually remember which track goes into which on some of them and... It's amazing. I mean, you could get that from taping off the radio, but it's not quite the same. 
Definitely not, because you've got to cut out those annoying exactly. top 40 DJs. <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> Lee, I, I don't know if I asked you last time, but what was your first now? Remind it, me. It was the first now, yeah. That, that big sort of Christmas release in 1983 and when everybody was bombarded with the TV advertising and just very, you know, very high profile, very aware that kind of this thing was happening. But as Hannah says, I don't think anybody expected us to get to sort of now 100. In fact, even nobody probably expected us to get to now six or seven or eight really back in those days. It was just something that, oh, there's another now album coming again. And and then it got into the swing of the regular releases, the three times a year sort of thing, you know. Do you still have the vinyl of Now One? I did have it, oh. uh, but then I uh, had this huge purge that I, I now start to regret in about 2000 because I was working at different radio stations and things. And I had this just a pile of, I had about 5,000 albums and several thousand singles and stuff as well. Uh, and I, I just sold a lot. Most of them, anyway. I only kept a few back. Glad I did, because I've still got some yeah. really, really good ones. Uh, but I, the Now albums kind of went. Um, but I do now have the, uh, the CDs. And, of course, the first one, the Now 8, when it came out on CD. I remember buying that in 1986. It was one of the first CDs I ever bought. You were asking about the year that Now's had. It has been a fantastic year. And I was just looking earlier at the uh, sales figures on that Now 100 album that came out during the summer. It was the fastest-selling album in its first week of release any album this year. So the brand still keeps rolling on. I mean, the numbers are just mental. It did 176,000 copies in its first week. And if you compare that to any other artist album that's been out so far this year... What um, was second? uh, Well, the the, the nearest artist album is the Arctic Monkeys Mm. uh, album, and that only did 86,000 in its first week. So now sold twice as many Mm. as the nearest fastest-selling artist album this year. So the brand is unstoppable really it just keeps on rolling we'll come back to talk about now 101 we'll also talk about now that's what i call now which is a mammoth collection and we'll hear from a special guest who was on the first three now albums and we'll also hear from radio x breakfast star and former radio one legendary host chris moyles who it turns out is a now that's what i call music fan chris moyles what was the first now album that you remember i remember the adverts on the telly because they had like a pig, um, like a mascot, uh, which was dropped after about maybe three or four albums. It was like a pig in sunglasses or something. Um, I don't know if that was on the first one. So uh, I remember a TV advert, and I think Brian Glover, the actor, was the voice of the pig. Now that's what I call music. So I remember the ads, but my first Now album was Now 6, followed by Now 7. Obviously, I had to buy the next one. So you did start collecting from Now 6? Well, no. Weirdly, I bought Now 6 and I bought Now 7 and I never bought Now 8. And then when I started on Hospital Radio, they had one of the Now albums on CD. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And the quality was brilliant. You know when you had vinyl, favourite vinyl, and if it ever used to stick or jump... And you you listen to that track so much for the rest of your life when you hear that track on the radio, you keep waiting it to skip. <laughs> Fergal Sharky's A Good Heart. Was your skip track? Was my skip track. I think it's now six. Starts with uh, Queen One Vision. Goes into Nick Kershaw's When A Heart Beats. Followed by a F- Fergal Sharky A Good Heart. Then the Eurythmics, There Must Be An Angel Playing With My Heart. So you would be a fan then of the kind of serendipitous nature of the Now albums because Now albums are partly successful, I think, because people couldn't afford to buy right. all of the singles. Yeah, the value for but, me was brilliant. So they were maybe, uh, you maybe liked uh, 10 tracks on a Now album 
The others you either didn't know or you didn't care for that much. But the serendipitous nature of that way they were compiled got you to hear music that you didn't know you liked. Yeah, that's when I started getting into music. So you get that compilation. The first compilation album I ever bought, um, so the Hits album, which I think came out about round about the time after, maybe like about now four or something, other companies start, we'll get in on this. But before that, I bought, everyone talked about the Top of the Pops albums and all that. I bought Raiders of the Pop Charts, <laughs> yeah. part one, and you got part two free. And they were all the original acts. So I remember either buying that or, or, or being given that as a present. But again with that, but and certainly with the Now albums, there are tracks that I would I, I only know from the Now albums and I would have never have bought, I wouldn't have been into... And it, it, it opened me up to music because at that point I was just, I was, it was just what, what was in the chart Yeah, uh, I liked. And it didn't really matter what genre it was. So it could be a big country track. It could be Womack and Womack. It could be, there's a Bucks Fizz track. I think it's called A New Beginning. Yeah. And it's got this mumba surge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. What a great pop record. And everyone's forgotten about it. And that's the beauty. If you ever go back and make the playlists and have your own Now albums again, you know, I was listening yesterday, Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer, Now 11 or Now 13, followed by uh, UB40, Sing Our Own Song. I've yeah. not heard Sing Our Own Song in years. It's actually one of their great records. And it reminds me of listening to the albums. Because obviously your mates would lend you albums and you'd copy them and stuff like that. I'm sure they did a Now 12-inch album. I'm sure they uh, did that. And a Now Dance album. I got one of those. and then But then I started working in radio and you get them for free. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to admit. I make my own now. So you can't buy Now 6 anymore. So I went and made a playlist and searched out and put them in the right order. Queen, One Vision, Nick Kershaw, When a Heart Beats, Fogel, Sharky, Good Heart. So I do that and I've got it on my phone. And uh, yesterday I just made Now 13 maybe. They're still going. I'm still rocking the Now albums. I didn't have the heart to tell him that he could just go and round the secondhand shops and buy, <laughs> buy the old Nows rather than making up his playlist. But, you know, uh, Hannah, Chris is obviously, like many of us, uh, there's something special about the Now albums in our lifetime, that snapshot. And uh, he's embracing the digital age. Oh, yes. I love it. When he was talking there, it actually reminded me of when the first Now album came out. I can't call it Now. It was called Now That's What I Call Music. You can't shorten that first one. It wasn't one. It just was. <laughs> and I remember the pig and the advert and everyone at school going, have you heard about this Now That's What I Call Music? Who are they? And I thought it was going to be, I said, no, I'm not buying it because it's going to be like one of those KTEL albums where it's not the real singers singing the songs. And then when it came out, and it is... It's just amazing. Smash Hits was an amazing brand. You know, we we all grew up buying Smash Hits magazine. Exactly. Did, when you were there, Now was obviously looming quite large. Was there any thought or talk about why Now had the place it had and Smash Hits in its compilations didn't? Well, we tried to compete, I must admit, but we used to have, we'd have five or six bangers on ours and then... I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but to get a big artist, you had to take the lesser artist. Yep. <laughs> so to get Kylie Minogue, who would you have to take? I uh, want to say Made from... in London or some <laughs> who I loved. I don't know where they are now, but I love you, Made in London. You'd, yeah, you'd have to take a few little 
smaller acts and you'd pop them on the end. Hoping yes. nobody would notice. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so for Billy, you might have to take, oh, a new artist called Blue. I mean, they'll never come to anything. Oh, hang on, no, they did. I think that's what you're saying is that's maybe the difference between what the power of now is when they're compiling. Everybody wants to be on. Yes. Whereas when you're compiling an, a competitor brand... You're asking, you're begging people to be on. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's some magic in the way now the track lists are actually put together because I think anyone can make a playlist. But like Chris was saying, you've got the four songs with heart in. And I can remember there's there's one that I had, I think it was now too, where Wouldn't It Be Good by Nick Kershaw goes into Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins and they were the biggest songs of the moment. And you had two One Hit Wonders on there, which was Matthew Wilder, Break My Stride. And... Breaking Down by Julia and Company, which they were in the charts at the same time and they're on that album. It's a time capsule. I love it. And only one of those songs do you ever hear on the radio. Unfortunately, it's the it's wrong one. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> so true. Uh, Lee, um, you know, Chris, we'll hear a bit more from him in a second or two, but he's obviously quite a big fan of Now. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's obviously grew up with it, as I guess a lot of guys that work in radio do, you know, you kind of, when you work in radio stations, those albums exist in the record libraries, you know, and it's kind of, they're the ones that are the, the source reference for that particular year. So if you're putting a, a golden hour together or a time capsule or your know, time tunnel or whatever it happens to be, and you're doing 1986, what do you do? You pull out the Now albums from that era and you play those songs from it. But Chris is, I mean, yeah, Chris is right. I love the fact that he's embraced the digital age and, and he's putting these things together on his phone now, because uh, he can't get the albums anymore. Interesting, he mentioned Bucks Fizz there I think that the appeal for now particularly those older albums is finding those those deep cuts you mentioned Julia and Company there mm. uh, which is a fantastic record and again never gets played on that the radio that should be played it's a fantastic song um, whereas Matthew Wilder does it's, it's weird how people sort of reappropriate those particular albums and find the tracks that they that they like and you know how something like Jermaine Stewart We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off you know, would become a big song from the 80s whereas other yeah. songs that existed around it on the Now album you never really hear that that much um it's an old one let's hear a bit more from chris does it take you back to a time in your life when you hear those specific numbered now album 100 percent. yeah and the songs on those albums if i hear them individually like i mentioned fergal sharky a good heart the first thing i think of is this should skip now on the intro and then the second thing is that was on the now album that i had yeah I think I remember you playing games with Now compilations on your Radio yeah. 1 show. So that could have been any compilation, I guess, but it just happened to be Now or was this... Because, because Now was the best uh, and there was lots of them. And then they released uh, they released like a millennium series of decades. So you could get Now 80, Now 81, Now 82, and they did it all the way up to 99. What do you think the appeal is now, the enduring appeal? We, You know, Now 100 was a massive seller in the summer. What is the enduring appeal of now? I, I guess it's the, it's, the, it's the same as it always was, which is because um, people talk about the death of these albums because of streaming and whatnot. But if you want to listen to a, a hand-picked collection of the current chart songs, uh, it doesn't really exist. You know when they took Top of the Pops off and they went, nah, no one really cares about Top of the Pops anymore. I remember kind of going, okay, but if I want to watch the chart, where do I go? Well, you go to MTV. No, I want to watch the chart. I want to see the chart. I don't know when the chart's on TV now. I knew when it was when Top of the Pops was on. So if you want to get 32 
of the biggest hits of the day or whatever or you say where do you go you, are you going to go and stream every single one or go through the 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 monotony of making a playlist you can just get it yeah and it, and and it's still cheap it's the, the price is still great good value it's great value it's better than buying them all them tracks individually which nobody's going to do anymore and i'll tell you something else to now albums are for and i genuinely want to start doing this I've lost track of the chart to a certain extent, and that does make me feel old. And I think when you know what's in the chart, whether you like it or not, doesn't matter. But when you know what's around, and you hear a song and you can go, that's Little Mix, that's Bieber. I've shazammed a few tracks that I've liked and gone, oh my God, it's Justin Bieber. Or, oh my God, I didn't know that was Taylor Swift, or whatever. Get the Now albums and just have a listen, and then you'll know what's out there, and you'll know, and it'll make you feel younger. This is my tip for staying young. So to finish with, Chris, yes. a super fan pop quiz question. Okay. Which is the only solo artist to appear on the first three Now albums? Is it Howard Jones, Tina Turner or Phil Collins? Now, the first name that came to my head was Phil Collins. So the, the, what's the question again? The only artist to appear on the first three Now albums. What was the year for the first album? Uh, 83. I'm going to go I'm going to go Phil Collins. I thought you were going to go Howard Jones cuz that was the right answer. Oh no. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We'll actually identify those specific Howard Jones songs shortly with our remaining special guest on this pod. Back to Lee Thompson and Hannah Verdier. Hannah, Chris was talking there about using now to get back up to date with the songs in today's chart. Is that a useful thing? Absolutely. Well, it is for me. I have two daughters aged six and nine, and they're really into pop music, probably because they don't have a choice in me. But I thought I was quite up on things. And then they the first time they played me Clean Bandit, I was like, who's this and why are they playing classical music on it? But this year, I feel like I'm back in with the charts because... I think the latest Now album has all the bangers on it that you need. And you can stay up to date. And not everyone can make a playlist. Not everyone has the knowledge to make the playlist. But when it's hand-picked for you, you've got everything you need there. Mm. Lee, there is something, and I think we've, we touched on this last time we did a podcast, about now you can give to your young kids, as, mm-hmm. you, yeah. as you can, mm-hmm. Hannah, or you can give it to your granny. Absolutely. There's no threat involved in now. No, it, the brand prides itself on being a, a, a trusted family brand. And it was very interesting before I came in today and just looking at uh, Spotify. Uh, you look at the uh, top 40, top 50 on Spotify and look at how many tracks are marked as explicit. Um, I know a lot of parents, kind of, you know, from sort of my social circle, who won't let the kids go on and choose music from Spotify because they may hear rude versions of the songs, not the versions they're hearing on the radio. If you go on there, you'll see uh, the Little Mix track is marked as explicit, as is Funky Friday, as is the Halsey track, as is Ellie Goulding, Travis Scott. Uh, all of these are on Now 101, mm. and it's the clean mm. radio versions. So it's it, it's a safe haven for parents. They can have that CD, play it in the car, on the school run. It's much more family-friendly than going on to a streaming service. Yeah. You really don't want to have to be explaining to six- and nine-year-olds 
what a lyric means, do you? No, not at all. And mine know the words they shouldn't say, but when it pops up in a song, it's very difficult to to say, why is it being played here then? Because you find yourself singing along, don't you? That's oh, yeah. The, that's the thing. So, so it's not just the record. It's yes. also, why are you saying that, Mummy? I was in Australia this time last year, and I think it's now 65 that had just come out over there. So the brand's a little bit behind where it is in the UK. But all of our friends they were staying with in the car, they had now 65, and all the kids were singing along to uh, Havana, uh, One Kiss uh, by Dua Lipa. Oh, Obviously, yeah. she's huge. Um, Portugal the Man, Feel It Still. They were all the big songs from this time last year. So it's interesting that... I remember those songs exactly, place and time, uh, but also those clean versions and, and the, the family-friendly versions that were on the, the Australian version of Now. You know? We spoke last time on the podcast with Scott Mills, who was talking about Now Arabia. He actually said it was quite a big thing there. Is, is Now a big thing in Australia? Yeah, and, and not so much in America, but yes, it absolutely is in Australia. They're a very, uh, they're a very top 40 sort of radio-based country really they love current music and uh, sort of embrace it in the same way that we do in the UK really there's a lot of parallels uh, and yeah I think it was now 65 64 65 something like that yeah. um, so they do it I think it's once a year or twice a year in Australia Yeah. one of the things Chris Moyles talked about was occasionally along with the numbered nows of which there are three every year they bring out sub brands uh, we'll talk about now Christmas on the next podcast but they have just recently issued now that's what I call now mm. so in their now 100 celebratory year there's 100 tracks uh, one from each of the numbered nows. Do you like that kind of approach to now, Hannah, or is that taking it too far? I don't know. I think it's like if you wanted a potted history, it's the golden age of pop, really. But how do you choose any two tracks? I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, the thing that they've done is they've gone for the solid bangers from each each album. Who's uh, to say, Lee? Who's to say? <laughs> well, it's the big hits. I mean, if, if you look at the, the ones that they've chosen, you know, the, the, the track from uh, the 1993 period, they've chosen Dreams by Gabrielle, which I think is a really great representative song of the year. Um, but it's very interesting that, uh, yeah, everybody has probably got a different take on what they could make the now, yes. that's what I call now album to be. Do you go, as Chris was suggesting, for deep cuts like Bucks Fizz New Beginning from yeah. Now 7? Or do you kind of go, well, no, actually, the big song from Now 7 was Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. That's the one I'm going to go for, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, uh, everyone's got a different take on it. And if you look at, you know, 100 tracks, everyone doing different permutations of it, there could be millions of different versions of Now That's What I Call Now suited to each individual so I think it's a, it's a thankless task but they've actually done it brilliantly in just picking those big big songs that are really representative Do you think um, there's any possibility we could have maybe next year now that's what I call deep cuts all the deep cuts you've got your Owen Paul on there you've just suggested you've got it. your Julia and company I mean you heard it here first this is my idea but you can take it and I'm going to say careful what you wish for <laughs> but what they've achieved from what both of you are saying on now that's what I call now is they've done that great thing about music does as its best which is to bring people together because mm. we can probably all agree those are all big hits from the last uh, 100 now albums yes and even if you don't like the biggest hits of the year you can pinpoint the year and what you were doing and you'll still listen to them and it's a great discussion thing as well isn't it you know it's the fact that we're discussing it and debating yes. it it's like did they put the right track on there from now 72 you know <laughs> who knows everyone's got a different answer chris moyles couldn't answer the question correctly who was on the first three now albums let's meet the guy who was. Now, an incredible and worthy guest on the Now That's What I Call Music podcast, the only solo artist to appear on the first three Now albums back in 83 and 84. New Song was on Now 1. What Is Love was on Now 2. Pearl in the Shell was on Now 3. Let's welcome Howard Jones. 
Did you know that fact? I didn't know until yesterday. I didn't know that. That's that's amazing, isn't it? Do you remember what impact now had? Because you obviously had a thundering career going on at that point, yeah. but now that's what I call music. Sold a lot of albums, so that yeah. it must have been in your consciousness. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge thrill for me to be on on that album, and because it was just being launched, so it was a new, and it was back in the the time when everybody knew pretty much what the top ten was in the whole country. You know, it was like everyone was a fanatic about music. Yeah, it was a really great uh, to be you know to be part of it. Amazing that it's kept going. Did you recall ever being approached or did that was that always a management and record label thing to be on the Now album? They did tell me about it and obviously I, I, it was a big deal to be part of that. You know, you you're sort of um pop royalty if you're on that, you know, on the, on those albums and so yeah, it was really um a fantastic and also for you know for people buying it, they got to have all the all the hits of that of that month or that few months just all in one place so really really great for the you know for the punters you've got grown up kids did they yeah. consume now when they were growing up were they music fans and did they get music that way do you know and i think they kicked in with the spice girls era actually okay. which is what the ni- the 90s yeah. yeah i think that's when they you know buying buying cd's so they, it was a bit before yeah, um, for, for their time. Yeah, <laughs> although I'm sure they would have, maybe they would have had now yeah. now albums for Christmas or whatever. Yeah, what do you think yeah. it is? I mean, we're talking about now 101 released yeah. now, yeah. the Christmas sort of release for 2018. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Do you think that has kept that as a brand going when, you know, it's so difficult to keep any pop career yeah. going? No, yeah, that's true. That's well, I, th- I think it's I think it's great that people can still get that collection of the top of the top songs. You know, and and. I mean, my car doesn't have a CD player anymore, <laughs> so so um, you know I'm streaming in the um, in the car. But you can stream it on you can stream these albums on Spotify. Now, right? yeah. So yeah, it's really you know a collection of having the you know the top tunes of the day. That's got to be good, and it's you know pop music is is still important. He's got grown up kids who are, who have grown up listening to music, and actually he asks them for opinions on his new music. So. Oh. That's, that's interesting, isn't mm. it? He judges the he judges the opinions of the, the musical opinions of his kids. Uh, what about you, Hannah? Do you do you think their judgment is good on current pop? Not bad, actually. Mm. I think so, but it's easy at the moment because I think part of the success of the current now year is it's been such a good year for music, and I think pop's rising again. And you've got the the hand of DJ Khaled, Diplo, Calvin Harris all that lot in, and they're making really good quality pop songs. I mean, people will mock Justin Bieber, but his last album was absolutely amazing. It does go through phases, doesn't it? It does seem to be that we're in a really kind of rhythmic dance pop thing where people know what buttons you've got to push, literally, to to have a radio hit. And if you've got a radio hit, then you've got probably a streaming hit. Are we completely discounting the purchase of a CD or the purchase of a download? Is it really all going to streaming? Uh, Well, no. I mean, I think the physical, the fact that now is selling in such huge quantities still shows that people still want to own, they still want to have something tangible and physical in their hands. You've got to have it for the car CD player. That's the thing, you know, the car CD player, people kind of forget about that. You know, people think, oh, well, everyone streams in their cars now. They don't. You know, most people have still got a car and they've still got a little glove compartment that's got, you know, a few tatty old CDs that they they still know. All out of their shelves. All out of their shelves. They wouldn't be in your car, would they? (laughs) It'll be in alphabetical order. It's the same the same the world over. So 101 will probably outsell every other compilation album this year. 
that's without any kind of shadow of a doubt. Um, it'll probably outsell most of the other big artist albums that are coming out this Christmas as well. And uh, it will probably end up as one of the three to five bestsellers of the year, you know, with only things like The Greatest Showman and George Ezra kind of ahead of it. So that enduring appeal of these albums, 35 years on, it's still there. Thank you to Hannah Verdier and Lee Thompson. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to Chris Moyles and Howard Jones for their contributions to this podcast. In our next podcast, we'll explore the mega 100-song compilation, Now That's What I Call Now, and the enduring appeal of the Christmas single with the help of guest stars including Midjure, Roy Wood, and the brand-new BBC Radio 1 Breakfast Show host, Greg James. This has been Now That's What I Call, a podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>